So the heading of my message this morning is the key to live or key to living without fear and worry. As Andy wonderfully read this morning, Psalm 21 verse 1 starts off by saying, The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? So it's very apparent that the psalm is addressing fear and worry. Of all the emotions that we go through in life, I think fear is the one we dread the most. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but as a, as a kid, I was, you know, frightened of the dark um, and had to have a, a, a nightlight. Now, you know, I'm showing my age now because um, there wasn't nightlights back then. Do you remember the, um, the colored bulbs? Remember the colored bulbs you used to buy? So yeah, we used to have a blue bulb that, you know, I used to, I used to go to sleep with that. But not only that, every night, I used to make my mother look under the bed, just in case there was any monsters under the bed. Obviously, there's no monsters under the bed. And I could just see her now, just, you know, kind of tuttying down and stuff, say, Cal, there's nothing underneath there. You know, just go to sleep. Mom, I'm not going to go to sleep until you look under the bed. But obviously, there's no monsters under there, but it was a fear. But darkness is simply the absence of light. So there's so many fears that grip us today, and these are called unhealthy fears. There's a, flea, a fear of flying, which is aerophobia, a fear of pain, which is algophobia, a fear of the dark, which is nyctophobia, I hope I pronounced that correctly, decidophobia, the fear of making decisions, pathophobia, the fear of disease, and the list goes on and on. I think there's over 200 different fears. So when you get five minutes, honestly, Google fears and you'd be amazed at you know, some of the fears that people are, are, you know, are frightened of. But although there's unhealthy fears, there's also healthy fears. So a fear, can, a fear can be healthy if it causes us to stay safe around something that could be potentially dangerous. Again, I'm sure my age, when I was young, there was no central heating. You know, we had, um, we had fires, you know, open, open fires. And mom always used to say, don't go near the fire. If you get, go near the fire, you're going to get burnt. Another fear was obviously main roads because of the traffic. So there's healthy fears as well. You know, we saw in 2020 as the fear of COVID gripped the world. And they told us that thousands and thousands of people, you know, would die. They set up temporary hospitals. We saw the Millennium Stadium or the Principality Stadium now um, set up with like thousands of beds. I think even the stadium down in Thanethley was, was set up with, with thousands of beds. Now, please don't misunderstand me this morning. I'm not saying that COVID's not real. Okay, I know COVID's real. I experienced it myself, and I know a lot of people have experienced COVID. Um, and unfortunately, I know people that, you know, that have died from COVID. So I, I'm, I'm not saying it isn't real. But what I'm saying is the government tried to instill um, uh, just a, a great fear you know, in us, an unhealthy fear. They told us to wear masks at all times. You can't go out. You can't see anyone that's not in your own household. You know, I saw people walking or jogging or even driving, you know, in the car by themselves, just wearing a mask. You know, they're in the car by themselves, but yet it was that fear of, you know, needing to wear a mask. Even though the mask didn't prevent, you know, the, the COVID from spreading or, or, or even contracting it. So it was a fear of the unknown. We look in the world today and we see turmoil and chaos. You know, we watch the news. I mean, personally, I don't watch the news. Um, and it's difficult to see why, you know, it's not difficult to see why people are so fearful today. We see the instability of the financial market. Inflation is at its highest in 40 years. The banks want to go digital. They want a cashless society. 
That's why so many smaller branches, bank branches are, are, are closing. Many shops are now refusing to take cash and they're slowly you know, starting to shut down the ATMs. They keep talking about the next pandemic and the next lockdown. We see um, the, the new variant of COVID in, in Canada at the moment, and they say it's gonna spread down to America and then across to us. Um, their plan was to, to shut us down um, and lock us down in December and in January. And then in January 2024, they, they were gonna you know, just get rid of all the banks and then, and then go digital. Will my job be safe? How will I cope? Will I be able to eat food or safe food that's not genetically modified? I went into a, um, uh, like a fast food place not so long ago, and there's a, a sign, I mean, it wasn't too big a sign, but it's a sign on the wall saying this oil um, is from genetically modified products. So when, when we buy stuff today, honestly, have a look on the packet, and you'd be surprised of how much um, of the stuff we're eating and consuming is genetically modified. Why has Bill Gates bought up so much farming land in the US? Have a look at what he's doing and who he's supplying. So honestly, have a look, Bill Gates, have a look at all the land he's bought and have a look at uh, of what he's producing and who he's supplying. We see the threat of AI and more and more they're talking about AI. Um, I, I, I saw a clip the other day of, of Elon Musk because <coughs> Elon Musk was kind of a pioneer with, with AI. Um, and you can hear in his voice that the guy's frightened you know, of, of what AI can do and, you know, and, and everything they're developing at the moment. We look at all the 20 mile an hour signs and I think it's a week tomorrow, I think they all go live. So anything that's now 30 is now down to 20. Motorways reduced to 40 and 50 mile an hour. Now, please don't tell me it's about pollution because it, it can't be. You know, when I drive to work um, in the week, I come down from Malpas, join the M4. And for some reason, the motorway, the M4 is 40 mile an hour. Now, there's, there's no blockage, there's no accident, but they're reducing the speed. And all the way from Malpas, all the way you know, past Tadiga House, it's just bumper to bumper. And you're telling me that that's not, that's not causing more pollution than cars you know, doing 50, 60 mile an hour. We've just seen in London, um, they've increased the ULEZ zone. Um, you know, um, fantastic Sadiq Khan has increased the, the ULEZ zone. And Jess you know, will, uh, will tell you, because she paid, she paid, but it was late, she had a 270 pound fine that had to be paid. So guys, it's, it's all about you know, making money. Now they, they're thinking of charging motorists, they think they're charging us by the mile. So that's, that's what they're thinking of doing next. So I don't know whether it's gonna be 10 pence, 50 pence a pound, they'll be charging us by the mile. All in the name of climate change and global warming. They saying go electric, buy electric cars. Have a look at how they, they mine cobalt and lithium. Honestly, you'd be absolutely it's shocking. So listen, when you've got five minutes, look at how they, they mine it. The Bible tells us in the last days there will be wars and rumors of wars. I mean, everywhere we look, countries are at war. We see Ukraine, you know, we see Russia, we see China and Taiwan, civil wars and civil unrest in France and Italy. See, the reason I, I'm saying all this is because fear robs us of joy. It robs us of the truth and it causes us to doubt and it actually imprisons us, fear imprisons us. So where does this fear come from? Well, firstly, let me tell you where it doesn't come from, and it doesn't come from God. Because we read in 2 Timothy 1, that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So what has he given us? Verse seven says, he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. So when fear overwhelms our soul, that isn't God's spirit at work. Because fear is a carnal response. 
Carnal fear is a senseless dread, a, nag, a nagging anxiety. My friend, this, this fear is always evil. It's unhealthy and it's destructive. You see, the believer should have a, super, a supernatural response called faith. And by faith, we look past the fear and we see by faith the hand of God. Faith has many enemies, but one of the biggest and greatest enemies of faith is fear. So when we see what's happening around us, all manner of scary things that might happen, whatever troubles come our way, we are not to be shackled by fear. But by faith, believe that God is in control and working all things out on our behalf. You see, fear can be so debilitating, paralyzing and destructive. But again, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. So as we look at Psalm 27 verse one, we see that David is addressing fear and worry. He's facing an enemy. And scripture doesn't tell us what enemy he's facing. Was it Saul? We know that Saul wanted to kill David. Was it when he was with King Achish? We know that David um, fought with King Achish, uh, King Achish um, uh, with the Philistines. And the Philistines were worried that, obviously when they went into battle, that David <coughs> would turn on the Philistines and, and kill the Philistines. So the Philistine army wanted, wanted David out. Was it when he'd returned to Ziglag and his men wanted to stone him because they had lost everything? Could be a number of enemies. But whatever he was facing, this is what David said. And David confirmed three things. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. My life. Who shall I be afraid? So firstly, the Lord is my light. Now light is a wonderful thing. A dark environment lit up is enough to dispel fear. I don't know about you, but Carl, you're probably the same as me. I prefer driving on a well-lit road than a dark road. Yeah, because you can see exactly where you're going and see what's happening. How many of us prefer the summer months to the winter months? I love the summer months with those, you know, long extended hours of daylight. When we walk down a dark lane, walk down a dark lane, you know, in the dark and then walk down it with a, with a torch. It's a lot easier and you feel more secure with a torch where it's well lit up. He also confirms the Lord is my salvation. He's my saviour and he's my deliverer. You see, he's writing this at a time in his life when he's wrestling with fear and worry. He keeps telling himself and reassuring himself, the Lord is my light, the Lord is my salvation, the Lord is my strength. Now, I don't know about you, but I talk to myself all the time. Now, I haven't answered myself yet, perhaps that's in a, in a few years' time. But I, I do, I keep talking to myself. And I, I, unlike David, I, I know exactly where he's coming from. You know, when trouble's hit and when things come, Lord, come on, you promised, come on. And we just sang the song, standing on the promises of God. Come on, Lord, come on, you promised, come on. And David's doing the same thing. He's reassuring himself by God's word. He's my light, he's my salvation, he's my strength. He's confirming them over and over again. Thirdly, he's the strength of my life. So if God is sovereign and omnipotent, which he is, there is no power in this world or nothing that can touch you or I, without being allowed to come through an all-knowing, an all-seeing, an all-powerful God first. Amen. And I just, guys, I, I just want to um, testify to that. Back in early 2019, I mean, this was before um, pre-COVID, um, just suffering with, with, with a really nasty cough. Um, and this cough just wouldn't go away. And it was just coughing, coughing. But not only, you know, was it a cough, I was really tired. I'd come home, I just want to go to sleep. I mean, and, and it's strange, I mean, the only way I could get rest was kind of kneel down and stick, you know, my, my head and my arms around the chair. But I, I had no energy, I had nothing whatsoever. 
and this cough wouldn't go away. So I went to the, um, went to the doctors, and I think the doctors just poo-pooed it, or oh, it's probably just, you know, a, a virus. We won't give you any, any antibiotics, as they don't anymore. Um, so anyway, this cough just, you know, just continued and continued. And Trace was like, you need to go see someone else. You know, you need to really go see someone else. So anyway, saw another doctor. Um, she said, you know what, just, we, we just, we'll send you for an x-ray just in case. So anyway, went, went for an x-ray. Um, and he knows you, you stand in front of the, um, the, the machine. Um, the, the, she, she took an x-ray. And as I glanced over to her, I, I could see her do that. She made like a, a, you know, like a circling motion. And I thought to myself, that's not good. You know, so, um, so a few days later, um, I had a phone call. I said, you need to go for a, for a CT scan. Right, okay, so um, on my 50th birthday, I find myself down in the Royal Gwent having a CT scan. And I, I don't know if you've ever had a CT scan, but it, it's not a pleasant experience. Um, so I have the CT scan, um, and I think it was like a couple of days later, I had a phone call, you need to go and see um, a consultant. Um, so I think, you know, okay, this, you know, this, this may be pretty serious. So myself and Trace go down to the, um, I think it was St. Wallows, um, and we went in. But, and there wasn't two consultants, uh, there wasn't one consultant, there were two. No, it's, you know, it's hard enough seeing one, but when two are sitting there, you think, oof, you know. So anyway, we go in, um, we sit down, um, and it just seems to be like a long pause. And, you know, as he's looking and stuff, and, you know, he just, the heart's going a little bit. So he just says, you know, you know what, what, what did you do? Okay, I'm a plumber. Um, and he said, have you been in contact with asbestos? And I said, well, probably, because asbestos, you know, was, was in everything. And he said, you've got a big shadow on your lung, um, and we think it's lung cancer. I was like, right, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I looked at Trace, and Trace was ash and white, honestly. You know those cartoons where, where they just kind of go to paper and slide off the chair? Have you seen the cartoons when they do that? Well, that was Trace. She just, just slid off the chair. Um, so I said, okay, but what are we talking? We're talking stage one, two, three, four. We're talking six months. We're talking 12 months. And he said, to be honest, he said, I don't really know. So we've got to do some tests, um, and then we'll kind of just, you know, from the tests, we'll see where we go. So I said, right, for my 50th, we, you know, we've booked a real nice holiday, and, you know, we're, we're looking forward to going away. So he said, right, forget the holiday, forget the holiday. He said, you know, you need to ring your insurance. Uh, we need to get these tests, you know, sorted and, and see what it is. Right, okay. So now we come out of the hospital, and it's just, it's just weird. Your mind can't process, you know, that information. Um... So anyway, we were talking, um, you know, a couple of days, and I said, you know what, if I got six months or 12 months, we're just going to go away anyway. You know, we're just going to enjoy, you know, whatever time um, together. Um, and then over the next couple of days, the enemy just starts coming in, you know, like a flood. You know, um, you're not going to see your 55th birthday. You know, you're not going to see your daughters grow up. You know, what if this, and what if that, and what if this? Um, and, and I said to the guy, I said, you know what, I said, I've had enough of this. I said, do we believe in God's word? Is God's word 100% true? Yes. So I said, right, what we need to do now, we need to pray. Because I'm just getting, you know, attacked, attacked, attacked. So we came round. We stood on God's word. Lord, you are true, you are faithful. So Lord, your word says, if you ask anything in my name and believe it, I'll do it. So we just, we just stood on God's word. Right, Lord, I'm asking, whatever it is, it is a lung cancer. I'm asking, I'm believing, and as a family, we're believing that it's not lung cancer. Amen. That's it. Lord, your word is your word. It's as simple as that. So anyway, um, we went on holiday, had a great time, came back, 
Um, they, they did a biopsy, so I had to go get, get a biopsy. Um, they did the biopsy, um, and it was six weeks before I had the results of the biopsy. Again, you know, you've got the enemy coming in and just telling you all kinds of stuff. And again, this is where I was talking to myself. Lord, you said, you know, you promised, you promised, like David, I'm reassuring myself. So six weeks come, it's inconclusive. Right, what happens now? So they need to take um, lymph nodes. They need to remove some lymph nodes. So anyway, okay, they booked me in to, to remove these lymph nodes. Um, and just, uh, just as I was going into, you know, for the operation, so the doctor was there. I mean, they're supposed to instill you with, with confidence. My word. He said, um, right, we're going to stick a load of needles in you. He said, it's a real tricky operation. He said, we've got to go in behind the heart. He said, we've got to go past the aorta. Uh, if we nick the aorta, you know, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. And he was just, he was just honestly full of doom and gloom. And I'm just in, in my mind saying, Lord, you're in control. Lord, you're in control. Anyway, um, I had the lymph nodes removed. Again, six weeks later, I had to wait six weeks. Um, came back that it wasn't lung cancer. So again, just standing on God's word, standing on God's promises. Amen. Amen. So whom shall I fear? The answer is no one. What shall I fear? The answer is nothing. If the Lord is our light and our salvation and our strength, we have no cause to fear or worry. In verse 2 we read, When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came up to eat my flesh, they stumble and fell. See, David is once again telling himself, and he's reassuring himself, that God has never let me down in the past. God has never let me down in the past, nor will he let me down in the future. So how and why was David so confident? So over time, David had built up his faith through experience. See, faith doesn't just happen overnight. It's not something that God just gives us. Faith is a process. Over time, as we go through trials and tribulations, as we become more dependent on God and less dependent on ourselves, we learn to focus completely on God and then when we do that, our faith increases. So over time, David faced many trials. As a shepherd, he was responsible, as we know, for looking after the sheep. We know that he had you know, come face to face with, with bears and lions. He faced Goliath, but on every occasion, God delivered him and he overcame. So David's faith was built up with experience. And over time and through those trials, his faith was established. Verse 3. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Now we spoke last week about, we, we, we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. But whatever happens in the future, we, like David, can be confident that God will see us through every situation. When the walls are closing in and there doesn't seem to be any way out, our hearts will not fear or fail us. If it's a medical problem, a job problem, family, whatever it is, God has done it before, and I guarantee you God will do it again. Amen. You know, I can remember a certain time when Cam was in hospital. Now, God had already given us Psalm 41. I knew Cam was going to be okay. That, that, you know, that, that wasn't the, um, the issue. But one particular day, everything just, just went, you know, it was just chaos. Um, he was on a, um, a ventilator. Um, his lungs were filling up with, with fluid. Um, and it was just, honestly, it was chaos. And I can remember just going to, to one side and just saying, come on, Lord, you promised. You give me Psalm 41, come on, you promised. Now, I don't understand what's, what's going on right now, but, you know, you, you've promised. And I can remember the, the Lord speaking straight into my heart. And he said, I've promised. And he said, I'm telling you now, if a nuclear bomb hits this hospital, Cameron will walk out because I have promised. 
Honestly, it was, it was just incredible. You know, God just spoke straight into my heart. I don't care if this hospital is trashed. I'm telling you now, I promised. I'm the creator of heaven and earth, and he will walk out of that hospital. You see, our, confident, our confidence isn't in others. It isn't in Parliament, and it's not in the Welsh Government. It isn't in our own abilities. Our confidence is in the Lord. And when we fully trust him, all hell can break loose, and we can rest assured that God is in full control, and we can be free from all fear and worry. So in verse 4, we see the link between verses 1, 2, and 3. So David says, One thing <coughs> have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord, and inquire in his temple. You see, as King David could have had anything he wanted. He could have had wealth, he could have had fortune or fame. And I wonder if we were in the same position, what would our heart's desire be? David only wanted one thing. His desire was to be in the Lord's house and to dwell in the Lord's presence, to behold his beauty, to worship him, to inquire of him. You see, inside the temple was a tabernacle, the Holy of Holies. That's where the Ark of the Covenant was, the mercy seat, the heavenly throne of God on earth. He wanted to be where God was, to worship him, to know him in an intimate way, to know his heart and mind. That's why scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart. Because David knew God, he knew he could trust him. How many times as kids did we jump off the stairs knowing dad would catch us? Yeah? Firstly, it was like step one, then step two. I mean, with my dad, I could just, just jump off the 10th step. And I knew, I knew he would catch us. And that's the confidence we have in our father this morning. Verse five. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. You see, I've said this before. Just because we're saved, just because we're born again, we're not immune from trouble. You know, even though we're, we're saved and we're the Lord's, we, we still end, you know, we still go through trials. We still go through storms and tribulations. Uh, and once again, my hiding place, going back to a kid, you know, if I had a bad dream, first place I'd run is mom and dad's bedroom. And I just jump in between them because that was my safe place. That was my pavilion. You know, and I knew once I was there, nothing, you know, nothing could, um, I, I was safe. Now God is my first port of call. When trouble comes, my hiding place is God. You know, I've learned over the years through many storms that God is faithful to protect, provide and see us through. Whatever the situation, he sets us on a rock because his foundation is solid and it can't be moved. You know, there's a, there's a, sim, uh, there's a hymn we used to sing. I, I don't know if we, we've sang it here, Daisy. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. See, if our foundation is solid this morning and built on Jesus, we've no need to ever worry or be fearful. Verse 6. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. You see, a, a fearful or worried person has a tendency to look down. I don't know if you've, you know, you've seen people that are worried. They just, you know, it's like their shoulders and their, their whole demeanor is, is drooping down. But a confident person will lift their head. A victorious person will lift their head. Not in pride. But in the knowledge that God will see us through. 
see us through our problems or enemies. And friends, I guarantee you this morning, they will not overwhelm us. God is my light, my salvation, my strength. He's my savior. He's my deliverer. See, every time God delivered David, he couldn't wait to offer sacrifices of joy and praise. See, so many times we, we do, we forget to say thank you. Even if it's for the little things, we, we, we forget to say thank you. You know, when Jesus healed the 10 lepers, how many came back and said thank you? I mean, leprosy is probably one of the most horrible diseases on the planet. You know, when their fingers and their hands and everything starts dropping off. And Jesus healed 10 lepers, but only one, only one came back to thank him. See, when we do something for our friends and family and we don't say thank you, thank you, it's, it's hurtful. It does hurt us. So thank you, Lord, should be continually on our lips. So in closing this morning, as I close, if we're not walking out of here 10 feet tall, honestly, there's, there's something wrong, honestly. So fear not is found 365 times in the Bible. One for each day of the year. So every day, fear not. 1 John 4 tells us that love casts out fear. And those who love God will not be slaves to fear. Romans 8:28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. 1 John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Proverbs 3, 24 to 26 says, When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy, sh uh, thy sleep shall be sweet. Be not afraid of sudden fear, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall keep thy confidence, and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Friends, this morning with God Almighty on our side, what on earth, why do we worry? Why do we fear? If God is in control, why do we worry? Why do we fear? You know, we serve the same God that delivered millions and millions out of bondage in Egypt. We serve the same God this morning that raised the dead, healed the sick. He knows every hair on our head. Not so, not so many now, but he knows every hair upon our head. Not one sparrow falls to the ground without God knowing. You think a sparrow is insignificant, but not one sparrow falls to the ground without God knowing. How much more? Because he loves and cares for us. So if God is for us, who can be against us? And the answer is no one. So I'm going to leave you with this this morning. When all hell breaks loose around us, remember the words of David and Psalm 27. Amen. Amen.